This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to another edition of the Chelsea Fancasts, My Chelsea, uh, a little programme we decided to do during lockdown. The first one, of course, there have been bloody loads of them since then, uh, but we've been a bit remiss because we haven't done any for a while. So I thought, you know, why not kick it all up again? And uh, today uh, we've got somebody, I have to be honest, quite new to the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, we don't, we're not omniscient as people think we are. We don't know everybody. Uh, and uh, I have to say, He's been a delight on Twitter recently with his his little uh, monologues to to camera, and he's just started a YouTube channel. And you'll know him as Redders on Twitter, uh, mate. It's really good to see you, and I I feel terrible because we haven't even had a pint yet. I know it's it's overdue, isn't it? I think we um, there's a rumor that we might drink in the same haunt, so it must be at the different ends of the bar. So we must get that organised sooner rather than later. So you you drink in the cock. Yeah, I'm in there. Yeah, I mean, we I do tend to hang around the back outside. So do we. Any... That's, where, that's where we are. Oh, well, that's where. Oh, well, they're the cool kids. And so, well, I'm in there tomorrow, actually. Ah. So, uh, yeah. So I normally am in there. Um, it's it hasn't been something I've done for ages there. Probably since I've been met a few people on Twitter. But it's a it's a really good crowd, to be honest. Yeah, they are. We've. I mean, we have a, a a kind. I mean, you know, most Chelsea sports have a weird journey with pubs uh, because, of course, they bloody <laughs> close down all the time, don't they? Um, but I mean, we, we start the first pub we started drinking in, I think was the wheat sheaf down in, uh, well, I can't even remember the road now, but on the way to Parsons green. Yeah. But we've jumped around all over the place. We're in the, we were in what was called the Jolly Maltsters for a while. Oh, I know that. Yeah. And then we were in the George and then we were in the hand and flower and then we were in the Imperial. Then we were in the Rose. And well, then... the Rose and the Imperial is where I would normally go. Yeah. And I used to quite like which is a bit further afield, but it is Parsons Green, is the White Horses Parsons Green. Slaney Pony. Great... Yeah, they've got outrageous amount of beers on tap, and there's an all-round, all-year... It's like it's in South Africa. There's a barbecue on all year round, you know, outside, and no one no one can fit in the pub. So it's actually quite a good Chelsea pub. But uh, at lit recently, it's been either the... Um, well, the goose or the cock, which I, I I quite like the cock, to be honest. I think it's quite pricely, but, you know, it's Chelsea. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, you know, we don't mind paying more for good beer uh, no. and good company, <laughs> of course, Ben. But, yeah, uh, mate, um, you know, the reason I got you on, I mean, we have this kind of uh, weird rule on the fan cast. It's funny we mentioned beer first, but, uh, you know, my rules on the fan cast were you never come on the fan cast unless I've had a pint with you before a game. It's that simple. Because yeah, it my, should be. Yeah, I mean, my, my whole thing about when I set the fan cast up, I mean, we started it originally in a pub, funnily enough, after the games. We soon stopped that because we were far too pissed uh, <laughs> or, or just ranty or emotional or whatever. But the whole point yeah. was always that, 
I would do a show with people that were my mates that I've been going to the games with for years and years and years. So, you know, I was always very adamant. No, you don't get in unless we actually had beer before a match. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going much at the moment for, for mainly COVID related reasons and too boring to get into. Um, but I've, I've loved what you've been doing on, on Twitter and you, you are most definitely one of us. So I thought, okay, how do I get around my rule? Oh, the other thing, of course, is Ben, we've now got a gang. That's how I describe it. A gang of 12 of us, like the Dirty Dozen. So there's not really much room for anybody else on there anyway. But Dirty uh, Dozen or Disciples, it's the way you look at it, isn't it? Well, that would, that would, that would actually probably fuel far too many people's rumours about my own view of myself. So yeah, Good point, well made. You know, yeah, we'll keep uh, that to ourselves. We will. Um, but I thought, how do I get Ben on? I know, we used to do this thing called My Chelsea, which is great fun. So I, I thought, we'll get him on that. So there you go. But before we get into all of that, you've got to tell us all about why you started doing these videos on Twitter, what you're yeah. doing now with YouTube, because they are they are mentally brilliant. I mean, they're fantastic. Man. I love them. Thank you very much. I mean, that's a, I mean, that means a lot. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I only started this season um and the reason being i think look, i lost my dad last year he was a big chelsea fan and i thought oh me and him always used to rant and talk about the games and have a good old chin wag we've always been quite good chatters chelsea and i thought Do you know what what a way to remember some old memories jog my mind talk about chelsea and then i did one video one day and a few people liked it and then it sort of gained momentum and i sort of said to myself right look i'll just do one a week and then it's like, yeah, okay, that's not one a week. It's every two days and it's every day. And then sometimes it's been twice a day. And I think my partner's like been so patient, but I've literally thought maybe I need two minutes. I need two minutes normally, but I need a bit longer. So we went to the YouTube because it was a good opportunity. I really like Scotty. A lot of people will know him. Um, Scotty Hater, he's a guy who's joined me on the show. It's our Chelsea week. And it's just to get together. It's basically an opportunity to reflect on the week. Um, normally, it's a better week than it has been last week. But we have a good old chat about the games we've been to and the ones that are coming up. So, yeah, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. I've had loads of people who've reached out quite often. Um, not saying as a, I don't not, don't like the word proper Chelsea fans, but the ones who respect that this is a, a cycle and you can't just buy every player under the under the sun and, and win the Premier League every year. And a lot of people have reached out, so it's been really good. Thank you very much for saying you've watched a few. It's cool. I have, and uh, I mean, I, you know, we, we've got our own way of, of doing the fan cast, and always have. And I, what I what I like most about it, mate, is that it's it's you. You know, it's you and Scotty, and and that's exactly how it should be. Just just chatting away, and I yeah. just thought, brilliant. That's exactly what it needs to be. And uh, fair play to you, mate. So I, long may they continue. Yeah, hopefully we hopefully look as I think we spoke uh, briefly before. Let's have some fun with it first. Enjoy having fun. Enjoy Chelsea, talking Chelsea with Chelsea people, and uh, and if it's any good, people will watch, and hopefully it is, and we'll get better as we do it more. So yeah. it's as simple as that. Totally right. I mean, I've always said about the fan cast, I, I do it because, you know, whether people listen or not, I just love talking about Chelsea with my mates. And, the mo yeah. you know, the minute I, I stop enjoying it is the day I stop it. You know, it's that simple. And here I am 14 years later, so clearly I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, and it resonates. It comes across. It really does. It, it, it literally, it, like you said, I think you uh, you had to move away from the pub, but really it's got that kind of sort of pub natter after the game feel. Yeah, we get on, and I think that's the thing. And I think that's the thing with you and Scotty. You, you can't fake this kind of shit. It has to be natural. Otherwise, why why do it in a way? Yeah, I mean, he pushed his luck a little bit yesterday, bringing rhubarb gin on the show. I was thinking, I'm not sure. It's very Chelsea Ooh. rhubarb gin. I mean, we've got a rule. It's meant to be yeah. a sort of beer as a minimum. I don't mind a gin and tonic, but rhubarb is pushing his luck. But yeah. uh, he was in good form yesterday. We went live for the first time. It got a bit out of control because we didn't know how to deal with the comments. <laughs> and it was all getting a bit out of hand. And uh, yeah, it wasn't our, It wasn't my finest hour. I will improve on the comments, um, but it was good fun and it's lighthearted. And actually, um, Scotty's very knowledgeable. He's almost an encyclopedia around Chelsea uh, history and stuff. So it's good to talk to people who grew up around the same time and they've lived with the baggage of having Roman and being rubbish before and being good now. There's lots of 
fun narratives with Chelsea, isn't there? Yeah, there absolutely is. Where can people find it, mate? I mean, what's, give us your Twitter handle and where to find you on YouTube. Yeah, so it's uh, Redders CFC. Um, it's both. It's the same for both, actually. Um, it's daily videos on Twitter, normally previews, and um, I tend to do reactions after the games. And I just, a bit about players and anything topical. And the YouTube is a weekly show. We've only done three um mr jason cundy retweeted one the other how did you, day how did you what, get him to do that the tart you know he's a mate of mine i know well i know yeah he seems to know everyone like he knows scotty quite well so i ah. don't think it's because he thought we were that good but uh, he was kind enough to retweet us make a comment he retweeted us yesterday it was very nice of him to support us and he is a good guy isn't he? he's often yeah. he's often um he's got no airs and graces around the chelsea he's a good guy yeah. and he meets fans and he's in frankie's and he's a good guy and he gets on well with scotty so he helped us out and that was very kind but yeah red as cfc and uh long may it continue i've enjoyed it and to be fair it's um it's made me feel like um how chelsea's meant to be you know it's the good stuff not the not the the, the negative that sometimes follows twitter with these things yeah, absolutely right yeah i mean me and Cundy go way but i like i like to say it's all my fault that he's got a media career really Yes. <laughs> well, he's done already. He's a, he's a he's a good talker, though, isn't yeah, he? he is. He's a good lad. He's a brilliant bloke. And I mean, I, I worked with him. Just I think he was doing a bit of Chelsea TV. He might just have gotten to talk sport then, but he, he came on a TV program I was making. And funny enough, he was then hugely successful after that. So it's clearly all down to me. But there you go. Yeah, well, I, mean, I was going to say. I think it's, it goes without saying. He uh, he's a, he's a nice chap, and uh, I actually like the way he. Um, I love the way he loves Chelsea so yeah. much. It's he's quite done, evident. Yeah. No, he's a proper fan. He really is. He, yeah. I mean, he's one of those lucky and lovely people who actually, you know, watched Chelsea from the terraces standing with his old man uh, and then went on to play for the club. And I mean, that yeah. that's almost unique now. You don't you don't get that anymore, really. Well, no. you, you know, maybe one or two of the younger lads coming through, perhaps. But uh, of course, they're all too busy bloody in the academy before they get a chance to go and stand on the terraces. No, I mean, days. to be honest with you, that's actually the beauty of football. I mean, that's a lovely sort of, you know, that it's not a rags to riches, but it's an amazing sort of Roy the Rover story, isn't it? Back in the day, you watched football, you made good, you played for your dad's team and your team, and then mm. you made it happen. And probably the last people who really forged amazing careers like that are the are the John Terry's, the Joe Coles, and in a, you know, in a Liverpool kind of a Gerrard sense, isn't it? It's that sort of, it doesn't happen very often, but it is, uh, it's certainly not lost on the Chelsea fans, that romance. Well, that's why Jason was so well loved when he played for us, because we all knew that. So there you go. Right. Let's get in with this, because we just talked about dads, haven't we? And and standing on the terraces. Um, I would imagine that's how you became a Chelsea fan, Ben? Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, kind of third generation. I, I don't know if it went any further because, I, you know, I never got a chance to ask my granddad, but my granddad was a fan. And uh, all I seem to remember is the four of it, it was me, my granddad, uh, my dad and my uncle went to a few games as I was younger. And uh, and that's how I got into it. He, 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 he was a Chelsea fan and we absolutely loved it. I just remember my old, my granddad used to rattle on about a, football and Chelsea way before I was going he was telling he would tell me stories about going to games I think he went to a 6-5 a 6-5 you go to 6-5 Man United or something 6-5 we played and, and we lost in the 50s do you think yeah 50 yeah. 54 I think it was the year before we won the title yeah. and then he broke down on Putney Bridge and he and in a car that probably you had to wind up to start I would have thought and he was, uh, he said he, he didn't care about breaking down. He was just still so annoyed that Chelsea hadn't made it 6 all. And it was sort of, it, it always sort of stemmed from there, really. It's been, uh, it's been really nice doing it as a family. I mean, obviously, we don't, I don't go with them now, but uh, that they were the grassroots. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have that experience myself. And I'm always, I mean, envious would be too strong a word, but I really love it and respect. I mean, my wife, funnily enough, she's about three third generation Chelsea so her granddad oh wow used to take her in the early 70s and and I, and I used to have chats with her mum about watching you know Jimmy Greaves play and, and the 50s side and all of that it was and I and I I never had that and I'm like oh, 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 oh I wish I had you know but luckily all of my mates do or did or have uh, so it doesn't matter anyway what was your first game do you remember Everybody yeah, first, remembers it, don't they? Well, to be honest with you, it was a bit. I mean, it was a, it was an amazing day at the office for Chelsea. First game, full members cup final, <laughs> Man City. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I still remember it. We had a sort of um, I, I can't remember the vehicle, but it would have been like a minibus. There was a, certainly about ten of us. It felt like all I remember is 
my dad wrapped me up in a scarf and a hat and it actually wasn't that cold that day. It was called quite a nice sort of day. And uh, I remember him just telling me that I had a certain assignment. I didn't know anything about Chelsea. He told me just to look at Dixon, Nevin and Speedy. So actually I thought, for, to be honest with you, my first game and my first half a dozen felt like that Chelsea were almost free aside. Do you know what I mean? There was no one else in the side. Went there and of course it was an amazing day. I mean, it was, I was a bit overawed by it, to be honest, because... I actually thought that's where Chelsea played. I was about six or seven. And we were winning these trophies. There's all these people. And then, of course, we were 5-1 up, weren't we? Um, with about eight minutes to go. And it ended 5-4. And then my, I remember my dad sort of saying along the lines, get used to this. Don't get used to the trophy and don't get used to the stadium, but get used to Chelsea sending you over the edge. And uh, it was just an amazing day. My granddad was there. My uncle was there. And, um, yeah, in the old Wembley, it's a cracking start. It, it went downhill quickly after that, obviously. <laughs> well, it kind of did, didn't it? I mean, that was John Hollins had taken over and Ernie Wally was beginning to wreak havoc behind the scenes. But, I mean, it was... It's it's much beloved by... I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, but my, my generation absolutely adore that, even though it was a, a trophy invented by Ken Bates because uh, we couldn't play in Europe. But yeah. it didn't matter. I mean, that was our first uh, appearance at Wembley, I think, since 72. So you know we're talking quite a long time, and uh, and and I mean it was mental. The game was mental. I mean so Chelsea to be five one up with a few yeah. minutes to go and then end up just about hanging on at five four. I mean it's just nuts, isn't it? It's a speedy got a hat trick he and did, had that yeah. amazing white Lecoq sportive mm, kick, which yeah. I've actually tried to buy since. But uh, uh, the fact that it's nearly two hundred pounds and I, I can't part with that money. But it was it was it was a really really sort of strange day because I think City. They were in red and black. I don't think they played in blue. Neither side played in blue. So my dad told us that we had we played in blue. We played. There wasn't anyone there. There was a car park in front of you, and it was none of that. It was everyone screaming, going bananas. There was a lovely hat trick from Speedy. Um, it was quite raucous. I seem to remember. Like I was a young lad. I remember my dad spent a lot of the time um, trying just holding on to me. There was a lot of people. They looked. They felt like it was more Chelsea. I might be wrong. But the crowd felt like it was more Chelsea that day yeah. in the stadium for sure. And uh, yeah, it was an amazing start. It was. So did you get to, when was your first time at Stamford Bridge? Do you remember that? I think the first time I went to Stamford Bridge, it was, and I couldn't rem- I was trying to look back when it was. I, I believe it was Everton. I think we lost. I seem to remember a Kevin Sheedy goal. I just remember him. He was a, he was a great player. I only really sort of remembered him as I got older, but I think he scored on the day and we lost. I don't really remember too much about the first game. All I remember is we sat a lot of the time, my dad used to sit in the shed, we spent a lot of the time on the benches um, in the West Stand. And all I all I seem to remember is that we all use, always used to try to go to a cafe, have a cup of tea before, and then my grand, we would all buy marathon chocolate bars. I do remember this. And my granddad would only have about two bites and then wrap it up and have the other half in the second half. And he used to send me over the edge because I'd always eat mine in about three seconds and he would get it out. And I used to say to him, why have you done that? And he said, well, because you're annoyed you haven't got one now. So I always laugh and joke with my uncle now that if he knew there was such a thing as Snickers duos, it would have sent him over the edge. It would have been perfect for him. It would have been made up. You can get triple ones as well. So yeah, that was probably the first game we lost. Well, I think we lost 2-1 on the day, but I remember loving it straight from there. My dad absolutely loved Kerry Dixon. Mm. Yeah. Like that was it for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, as as do many of us of that of a certain vintage. Um I mean, who who were some of your favorite players growing up? I know you would have been very young then, wouldn't you, Bob? Yeah, I was yeah. a bit young. I think the thing is about I actually really loved Pat Nevin just because he had amazing ball skills. And when I played, I was someone, when I was much younger, I always wanted to dribble past people. And I remember him being so brilliant. And I followed him even as I grew up at Everton. He scored, he would score great goals. He used to scoop them over keepers and he had sort of unique way of playing football. I mean, he, he was so well balanced and there was nothing of him, but he was great to watch and I enjoyed him a lot. But Kerry Dixon really is, the family favourite just because he, he he went on to play for all those seasons as I got older and he was still, I think he was still top scorer in 1991, you know, a few years later and he was a bit slower and he'd had the injuries, but he had a wonderful eye for goal. Had that blonde hair, he was such a strong present. I mean, he probably, um, 
he walks in our side today, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Oh, no. And if you asked him that, he'd agree. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. He was a he was a strong, powerful guy, and my dad loved him, and he certainly had the admiration of the crowd. I think actually Kerry Dixon's one of those guys. I might be wrong, but I think I read something like he was. He might have had 70 goals in his first 100 games. He got injured, didn't he? He got that really bad injury that set him back. He wasn't quite the same player, but he was a he was an outrageous centre forward, a proper goal off both sides. He had it all. And uh, and I used to like David Speedy as well, although he left and you know, I think went on to Liverpool maybe and, and things like that. But I always remember because he scored that hat-trick, he had such an eye for goal and uh, they worked well together, didn't they? They did. Big man, little man. Yeah, you know, great combination. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, although it took a it took a, a scrap between them to kind of figure out who did what, quite legendarily. Yeah, I know. I don't yeah. think oh, there's that great. That's that famous thing, isn't it? I think I saw Speedy actually might have tweeted about this recently. They did he? Uh, they didn't. Well, he said something about they didn't get on. They no. might. He might have. He might, they might have come to blows, or they've yeah. had a few arguments in the dressing room a couple of times. I think I remember reading about that or something. They they, they weren't best pals, were they? No, they weren't. And I mean, funnily enough, to bring it weirdly right up to date i didn't have a problem with the uh, and lukaku having a bit of a of a tiff the other night because i was no, the, I my problem. first thought was they need to do what speedy and dixon did which is to have an absolute scrap and work it out like men to be honest with you i haven't got a problem i think i mean it's not our football club but the famous one is um ashley cole and Terry, teddy sheridan absolutely hated each other yeah. literally played they looked like they were like um they almost it was it was they they read each other's mind on a football pitch but off it they actually did each other's nothing they hated each other i don't mind a little bit of needle actually i think sometimes the press now in the newest world they want to jump on and it doesn't help with players covering their mouths it adds to the spectacle in old days you would have probably just seen that you know david batty didn't like him and swung for him because you saw them fighting in the on a pitch so um i don't mind it in fact to be honest with you chelsea could probably do a bit more of that if i'm yeah, honest i could agree with that totally um so we've talked about some of your favorite players which are weird i mean pat pat and and kerry are you know right up there i mean they're definitely two, two of my favorite players growing up do you um, know pat you most know them both do you yeah yeah i mean kerry i, I know a lot better because we, we we used to do a, a a weekly podcast so i got to know him quite well and i and i, I speak to him two or three times a week still oh um, brilliant and uh pat uh i don't know as well but i I've, I've met him quite a lot of times and done a few kind of podcasts and things with him i mean he was he was a in, in a funny old sense they were like uh yin and yang for me right kerry kerry was the the football player and the and the and the man that i i, I always wanted to be but never could <laughs> yeah, you know because big big strong bloke big shock of blonde hair you know, yeah. scoring goals for fun. I, I could never be... I mean, you know, I clearly don't have blonde hair. Although, thankfully, at my age, Ben, I still have it all. So that's something. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm impressed. Too. I am impressed. But anyway, I could never be Kerry. So he, he was no. like... I idolised him because he was the person I, I couldn't be but wanted to. <laughs> Whereas yeah. Pat, I really identified with. Because, I mean, I would have been about... So let me just think. I'd have been kind of 19, 20, 21, that kind of age when, when he was playing for us. And I was at university... Uh, quite a bright lad uh, quite bookish as well but really into my music massively in fact arguably I would say that in those days I was probably into my music more than the football actually yeah and there was Pat wandering around looking like I looked you know very kind of into into Joy Division and bands like Cocteau Twins bands that I loved as well completely different from every other footballer but he looked like I did and I thought this this bloke's where did this guy land from this is outrageous <laughs> and then top it all he plays for Chelsea and he's brilliant and and, yeah. and, I, and I've always loved you know players like that who who could be different not just off the pitch but also on it and you know as you said there was he had an almost unique playing style so for me very easy to have those two as as heroes but well yeah, actually on that get Kerry Dixon that's a really good point about how he looks and his hair and his physique because I um I tried to buy that 1984 kit, the stripe one. And if you ever see pictures of him, he just looks like some sort of Adonis, doesn't he? Brown, tan, muscly. And it, I have to say, it doesn't quite look as good on me, which is a shame. <laughs> it looks like it's more of a under the jacket number or under the jumper. Because I tried it and I thought, oh, that is a shame. That, that wasn't quite how we rehearsed it. So I'm a bit annoyed by that. So uh, it's a work in progress, but not quite Gary Dixon. Well, there you go. I mean, I, I know the feeling, Ben. I mean, nowadays, you know, I mean, in, in those days, I, I was very thin and a bit 
bit weedy, a bit like Pat. And nowadays, I'm 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 neither muscly or thin. I'm just fat, so it just looks bad either <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, I'm I'm trending in that direction. To be honest, <laughs> there's too many too many afternoons in the cock tavern. I think. Well, indeed. Um, so you know, uh, what what are some of your favourite matches of all of all time, all the time that you've been going? Uh, I mean, they, I always sort of symbolise some of my favourite games are probably. They're half with the personnel, the people I'm with, obviously, because they make the moments. But actually, in true, raw sense, brilliant football matches. I mean, the 4-2 FA Cup, Liverpool, 97, without question, will live forever. One of the only reasons it lives forever is the fact that my Uncle Dave, this is completely bizarre, had a bet that he thought it would be 4-2 and it would be Liverpool, it would be Chelsea, Liverpool, Chelsea halftime. It was so ridiculous. We spoke about this at Brighton the other day. He told me it was 67-1, to 1, the 4-2. Yeah. And um, in them days, you couldn't cash it in. There was no sky bet. I remember he, hang, he hung on to the, uh, the betting slip for a week until he could get back to Stamford Bridge to cash it in because you had to cash it in in the ground in them days. And uh, yeah, that game when it was changed, I think... I think Hughes came on, didn't he, and turned the game. And Zola scored that wonderful goal at left foot. And they were a good side, Liverpool, then. They 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 were the kind of spice boys. But they were going well in the league. They could have been 3-0 up. But it was an outrageous, outrageous, sort of fantastic. I don't know how important that is in Chelsea's recent history, but it's up there because that gave us the momentum to 97 to go on to win that trophy. And that turning around, that result is so big for everyone, I think. I think that's a that's a really good point, actually, mate. It, it, I mean, it was fantastic. We all love it because it was just one of those kind of great, you know, kind of boys' own stuff, really, isn't it? That you're two 0 down. Liverpool were certainly above us in the league, as I recall, and uh, and we came back to win four two. And that's that's you know you, you, that you, you couldn't dream that kind of stuff. But you're right because I mean it was I think it was the the fourth round of the FA Cup, not not the third round. No, it's the fourth. We yeah. had West Brom in the third. I think that's right, and. Uh, you're right. Without that match, nothing nothing that followed afterwards would have happened. And you're absolutely right. It was the catalyst, wasn't it? That was, you know, winning the cup that year, first trophy, proper trophy, sorry about the full members. Can't, oh, yeah, yeah. Can't count that. First no. proper trophy since 70 or 71 when we won the, the European Cup Winners' Cup. And then look what happened afterwards. It just, it just kind of, it was like a rebirth for the club, I think, so... Yeah. It felt like that in the ground and the, the expectations, I think Colin Moore and Fowler scored for them. And uh, it was one of those days where you just thought, here we go again, Liverpool are better side than us. We're going to come up short. But in those days, we had just started purchasing people who could really do it at top level. And Di Matteo, was an, I think he was, he was an Italian international. He could play. He wasn't just someone on the, on the way out. I'm not being rude to Fial, he was brilliant. But Zola played his best football at Chelsea and, Mark Hughes was just a phenomenal athlete and a brilliant centre forward. My word, we could do with him holding the ball up these days. And uh, it, it, I think it really is as important to say it's a catalyst. It's certainly a driver to different different times in the Chelsea history. Yeah, it definitely was. And uh, it, it had kind of been coming, but it was, uh, you know, you've got to go and win it. And that's what they did that year. Uh, other ones? Uh, a couple of... I mean, definitely the Barcelona at home mm. the, 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 with John Terry. I, I always remember that day because we raced off into the lead. I think we were 3-0 up or something like that. And that's I think it's the day when Ronaldinho scores that outrageous goal that still, uh, I think it was almost applauded by certain areas of the ground. You know, not out, out like publicly, but deep down you were like, wow, what have we just witnessed? And then John Terry, John Terry scores that header. But the strange thing was, I sit in the West Lower. And it's all season ticket holders. And this day, and I can't even remember his face, but there was a guy sitting like two seats away from me that day. He didn't say anything. I've never seen him since, ever. And before that corner comes in, he's like going to people, John Terry's going to win it here. And I was like, who is this joker? I've never seen him before. Anyway, John Terry scores. Well, everyone jumped on him. It was the best celebration I've ever seen at Stamford Bridge so that's one of my greatest moments it was a, also Barcelona the romance I know that I was there for the I think it was the free one in the with Viali when Zola scored the free kick but the romance of this we had a side the infrastructure in Rome and we had something where we thought actually we could win the holy grail we were that good of winning something of uh, so elite in the European competition so definitely that and my other real favourite and it won't be anyone's, but there's a couple of reasons because I 
subjected to so much pain at the hands of Man United. I grew up around that sort of class of 92 and that just sort of literally sent me over the edge. I think we won. We'd already champions. So you'd say it was a dead rubber, but it wasn't. I think we, we needed a point. We needed a draw minimum. Oh, did we? Mm. Oh, okay. That's the, oh, that's good. And uh, we went to, um, we went to Old Trafford and then Thiago, Thiago just hit this ball from about 40 yards, 35 yards. It's no exaggeration. It was so good. Uh, it went off the top left hand, top uh, the keeper's left, right off the top corner. In the, keeper didn't even dive, and it was just such a party atmosphere. Ida scored. Chelsea were just too good for them. Like it was just a, almost like men against boys. It was a fantastic day. It was one of those days where you go anytime you win at Old Trafford's a nice day at the office, and we have had results over the years, but not on the verge of winning that title. And 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 that was that was a special day. There's been absolutely loads. I absolutely loved. The one nil. I'm picking on Man United a bit. I do apologise, Man United fans, but I, I want to. Um, the one nil, the one nil FA Cup final in 2007. I think Drogba scores right, right at the death. That ball goes into the goal in slow motion. That's at Chelsea's end, and it's bouncing. And it's like only four minutes before pens, I think, and it bounces in. And the crowd, the noise. I literally must have moved about seven rows down. I think I was crowd surfing. So there's some special ones. We've been very, very fortunate. That's why I tend not to lose my marbles when we're not playing as bad because we're uh, we're rather lucky in this day and age. You're 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 dead right. We've been very very lucky. And I, I mean, I was in the shed end for the Barca match. And uh, oh wow, yeah. So I, I mean, we all just... the goals your end, yeah, they? exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I was with my brother-in-law, Doctor Mark, at the time. And uh, we just couldn't believe what was happening because we tore them apart. We tore oh. them apart. And and I remember, I mean, I think, I can't remember, I think we lost 2-1 in the first leg, didn't we? And, yeah, I went to that. That's yeah. when Drogba, the famous, with the famous ref. Yeah. It was like our Aunt Taylor of the day, yeah, you know, yeah, the blonde head yeah. chat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but before, you know, when we got drawn, because remember that was, it was the first, it was the first round of six, it was the round of 16, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. I was thinking, oh, for God's sake, because I thought, you know, we're really good. We'd got to the semi-final with Ranieri, of course. And I thought, well, you know, now we got Mourinho, win the league, go and do the Champions League as well. Fantastic. And then when we got pulled, you know, they got drawn out against, oh, for God's sake, that's typical, isn't it? Because they were, yeah. they were brilliant in those days. I think they'd won it the year before, hadn't they, against Arsenal? Yeah. Ha ha ha! Well, also the fear factor about Ronaldinho. Yeah. Was it, do you remember him? Yeah. Do you, yeah, I mean, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. just 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 every time he got the ball, it was like, oh no, what's he going to do? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that that like goal that. was because I was right down the other end. So I mean, my all, all I remember because you know you can't. Well, I mean, even even in those days, it was hard to see uh, when my eyesight was working. But <laughs> you know, it's 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 quite a long way, and you can't really see. And I just remember him kind of getting the ball outside of the penalty area. And just, his feet kind of move really quickly, and then he it looked like he just toe poked it straight into yeah. the net, and, and everybody was no. Actually, I remember there was a hush because yeah. no, nobody could kind of work out what had happened. Yeah, but including Peter also, Check. Well, yeah, well, he didn't move. And <laughs> no. the other thing is, I think if I might be wrong, I might have to check this back. But I'm sure the nets were black in them days. They weren't white, oh. and they had black nets. I don't know why we were going for that period of doing that, but no one could see it. So it was like one of these things where I sat opposite. I'm literally opposite him doing that. And he moves his feet so quickly. Next thing you know, it's almost like the whistle had gone. Yeah. You know, like someone scores a basket in basketball yeah. when, the, when they've already stopped. It was one of those type moments. And it was a special goal. It's also one of those ones that you 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 tend to say it's more special now because it doesn't matter because we won. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, if it was the one, if it was like Iniesta's, I don't tend to talk about that one. Yes, you know indeed. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's so a bit of that scenario, maybe. Of course, I mean, it was it was, it was the equal. I mean, they, if, they, if it had stayed like that, I think they would have gone through. So uh, without John Terry's goal, we would have gone yeah. out. So. And, and think, that was a typical John Terry, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, wasn't it brilliant? Proper captain, leader, legend stuff. So if we narrowed it down, and when, I, I often say to people, and funnily enough, actually, Ben, in, in, before before this edition of the My Chelsea, it was only Munich. Since we last did one of these, we've won the, uh, the Champions League again. So, uh, you know, the presumption is most people are always going to say their best moment was winning the Champions League. You know, for me, it was Munich. Yeah. Wasn't lucky enough to be there in Porto, blah, blah, blah. So, I, I mean, I think that's an assumption that we can all make. So outside of that, what would have been your best Chelsea moment, do you think? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Oh, for me, definitely. I mean, there's two or three, and I'll narrow it down to one. I think I'm going to go with the FA Cup's 97 Cup run because it's the only time, and it'll be my only time, that I went to every single game with my dad. And he was a season ticket holder. I wasn't at that stage. And he made a beeline for doing a cup run ever since we lost in 94 to United. He wanted to see us win it. And I was his man, his right-hand man. I would go with him. So whoever he sat with normally was ousted. I was on the FA Cup trail, so it meant anything. So that West Brom and that Liverpool, and all I wanted it to do was gain momentum. And then we had Leicester and Portsmouth and obviously the final. So that is a series of games and the final. Actually, the, only, the final feels more of a blur to me because one, I'd had a few beers and I've, I'm a lot, I don't hate like I hate talking about. I might have missed the first goal because I wasn't really concentrating. I think, I think a lot of people might have missed the first yeah, goal. Yeah, I, I, I just remember school. trying to find my seat and trying to sit my dad down because he was, you know, away with the fairies by then because we had been out in the sunshine a lot and it was an amazing goal. But I think the greatest day of that run was away at Highbury. Um, because that's when Zola scores that outrageous back hill and he beat we beat Wimbledon. But the changing rooms at Highbury were on the ground floor. And as the Chelsea came out, the, the Chelsea um, players, they opened the windows. They all had their tops off. They had the champagne. They were cheering. And there was thousands of Chelsea. And it was just such a special day because it was that reality that this time, it's not going to be Man United in the rain in the final. This time, we're going to get this over the line, you know, it, with, a bit of, with a bit of luck. And it certainly turned out that way. I definitely think that. And then... Look, the first, the league title for me, I know I saw this stat on Twitter the other day, which was, was sort of alarming, really, that 85% of people would say the Champions League was more important than the league. I just, I couldn't believe that because I just, it's the whole, you've, to win the league against your peers, against 38 games, to be where we were and recognise, no, no one knows when we're going to do that again. You can win a cup competition, it's beautiful, but the league seems a long way off today. And, and, and that time, it was even further away. So I would say that special day when we went won the league and went back to back, they're, they're, they're the occasions that stand out. Yeah, I think that's that's a very good point. I mean, I have to say, I think probably because I'm a little bit older than you and, and I just grew up with every bloody English club winning the European Cup every year Yeah, when we were in the second division. It really used to piss me off. Because yeah, I just point. thought that we'll never, ever even get into Europe, let alone win the Champions League or the European Cup as it was then. 
So for me, that was just massive to say, yeah, we've done what Liverpool have done all the time and United and for yeah. it and you name it. I was, I was really made up, but I know what you mean. I mean, to win the league, I mean, you know, we hadn't won it since 1955. I didn't expect to see us win. I mean, we got close, you know, in that, that Viali period, we were very, very close. Arguably we should have won it, but you know, I still thought, well, we probably won't until Mourinho turned up and then boom, you know, I just thought the minute, the minute he turned up as manager and Roman joined the club, I said, that's it. We'll win the league this year. Boom. There yeah. You go. Really? Were you that confident? Yeah, that's amazing. Because I think we started against um, Man United on the opening mm. day and we won one nil. It was in the sunshine. Yeah. Ida scored. That's right. And, but if you look at the 0405 side, it was an interesting one because the first six or seven games, we were methodical. And we're almost doing the same as what TT was doing this season when we were churning out wins and not being spectacular. The only thing is we've fallen off. The, the wheels have come off due to injuries and whatever and people being better, if you like. But we built momentum from there. We ended up going, instead of winning 1-0, we suddenly started beating Norwich's 4-0. And then I went to Fulham away when Robin decided to go around every player, including three people in the stands and score. And it was just that sort of day. And uh, yeah, it was a it was amazing, the celebration. And the next year almost became boring because we, we won the first eight games in a row. It was almost like a, a canter. Yeah. Um, we were, that was a seriously good Chelsea side. Um, he was a brilliant manager then. Whatever's gone on after that, he was brilliant. And uh, I know what you're saying about the Champions League. That's really funny. I did watch Arsenal, Nottingham Forest the other day, and the Nottingham Forest fans were singing to Arsenal, Champions of Europe, you'll never sing that, which the irony was definitely not lost uh, on me because they won it so many moons ago, and then they knocked him out. So that was quite funny. And they did indeed. Um, so were you at Bolton? I didn't go to Bolton. I watched Bolton um, with my uncle and my dad. We didn't go to Bolton. Strangely, I don't know why we didn't do that. We weren't going to loads of away games then. Bolton's a long trip as well. I mean, it's not no excuse, but I just don't think, I think tickets were gold dust and there'll be other reasons, but we didn't go. Um, it was an outrageous day at the office, Frank. It deserved to be him. He was... Uh, he was so good. He was uh, he was better than I ever hit, imagined he could be. Frank Lampard, uh, he through hard work, tenacity, and talent, he got himself to a level that I don't think anyone would have guessed that when he was leaving West Ham and joined Chelsea. Okay. Uh, he was uh, he was a superb athlete. It's talking about making the best out of your abilities. He's that man, isn't he? He definitely is. Yeah, I, I didn't get a ticket either, so I ended up watching it on my own, literally on my own. Oh really? Uh, in a, in a pub? No, no. I needed to be. I I, I probably it would have been it would have been better off if I'd have been in a padded cell, Ben. But I was in a pub in Pimlico, and uh, luckily it wasn't a football pub, so there was nobody in there. So I just sat there, absolutely shitting a brick for ninety minutes. Um, and then, I mean, I got something that if you had been at the game, it would have been hard to experience because the minute you know that we'd won the title and that the game had finished all my mates who hadn't who, who had also not gone were on the phone we've got to get down to Fulham Road got to get down to Fulham Road now yeah. so I was amongst about two three thousand people in Fulham Road partying all night I mean and it was wow. just it was mental and I I, I often think oh that's a tough one you know would I have rather been at the game or would I have rather been there and I, I do you know what I don't really know the answer to that because it was such a special night in Fulham yeah. Road, so there you go. Well, that's an interesting point because I couldn't, I couldn't go to Porto. I think partly COVID, partly I was a bit naive. I'd lost the, I'd lost my rhythm with Chelsea and tickets. We weren't going, and then we ended up giving some back. I'd, I mean, I could have gone to Porto in hindsight, so it was a bit of an error. But we went to the Imperial, and we did exactly the same review. I remember staggering in, having to get an Uber from some outrageous random station cost me about 80 pounds at four in the morning but it was one of the greatest nights and I, I could argue it was as good as Munich in a different way yeah I mean well, I was lucky enough to be at Munich not Porto but and also not yeah. at Bolton I think if you think about it I mean you, you know I, I had this argument with JK the other day because he, he was in Porto and I said yeah mate but you can't beat the first time no and he kind of no, looked I, at me and he goes yeah <laughs> yeah, I was in Munich. But I, I, I was there for five. We, we treated it like a holiday at the time. And it was quite amazing because after long after a lot of the Chelsea had gone, some of them were still remain because Munich have two teams. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the, the other team in Munich, not Bayern, they came out and started partying. Yeah. And I remember doing the conga and stuff three days later. And it was just so good. But in terms of 
in terms of special days, I, I would go 97 because it means something with my dad, you know? Yeah, no, I think that, that, that that's a really good point, actually, because you cannot... I mean, if you start going with your dad, you can't beat that because that, that, that's, you know, that's the absolute summit for me. Uh, we've talked about the good moments, but there have been plenty of bad ones too, being Chelsea. In fact, actually, funny enough, Ben, because, I mean, people won't know this, but I do get, get the people to, like, send me a quick note of what, what, what some of the games that they're going to talk about are. And I I looked at your list and I said that's so Chelsea. He's got more bad moments than good ones here. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that is so funny. Actually, when I read it back, I was thinking to myself, "There's me preaching about being a positive Chelsea fan, and we're so lucky." And that all I can do is list off the rubbish ones. Um, I think there's a couple that sort of stand out, and then it will lead to the biggest one. I mean, first and foremost, I was at the two all at Leicester at home, Leicester, Guppy. Uh, lots of people probably don't realise this, people who are younger, but we had a really fair chance of winning the league. We actually went on to Sheffield Wednesday because we were feeling sorry for ourselves and we drew that and then we really blew it. But actually results went for us. We only lost three times all season. I was absolutely mortified in 99. So was my dad. We just, we would, I think we're 2-0 up on the day and he scores this goal where he sort of bends it in. It was just, it was, he was all left foot and he bent it in on his right foot. It was outrageous. It was just such a disappointing day. Um, and then I would probably go the next in line before the major one. It would definitely be Barcelona, the one all. Iniesta's go after Essien nearly breaks the roof of the net, doesn't he, with his volley. But we got so unlucky with the penalty. I mean, at worst, it's probably two penalties. And that's me being really, really generous. I would say it's more like three or four on the night. It possibly could have been more like four or five. It was it was outrageous. Everything went didn't go for us. Um, I was so mortified by that because we had had some disappointments already. And, you know, the Garcia's goal at Anfield. I didn't go to that game, so I can't. It didn't feel the same. Um, but definitely Barcelona. But as a worst moment, without doubt, by a mile is Moscow. And I think the reason why, there's two reasons. First and foremost is never borrow the money off your mother-in-law when you can't afford to pay it back. So that was the first thing. <laughs> so it's £900 day trip. So if you add that up, nearly two grand. The person I was with kept on reminding me that actually this is a week away in a five-star hotel the whole week. So that used to send me over the edge all the way home. I remember being in the ground and a guy standing next to me as John was taking the penalty. He was a big guy and he went, hold my hand. And I was like, this is our moment. And I was like, okay. And I was holding his hand to the person I was with going, this is weird. And I was like, yeah, I know, just do it. So he was holding his hand and then he, we missed. He went, give me a hug. <laughs> and I just gave him a hug and we hugged for about a minute, like longer than any men should ever hug, really, if you don't know them. And uh, I, I had tears in my eyes. I was beside myself. It was raining. They were. We got back to Gatwick and the, the, there's a nice, there is a nice narrative, actually. I was at the check-in desk and the, all the boys had travelled, the Ray Wilkinsons, the Dixons, a lot of them had travelled. He was opposite me at the passport counter. I just looked like, a, you know, devastated upset thinking oh, i've got to pay my in-law back and he across the side of the passport he went like that he touched his chin if to say head up and he said head up we'll go again we'll go again well, was this ray 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 wilkins head up we'll go again it was one of the moments where actually for in a really bad day it was a really classy thing to do it he, he could see us down it was rubbish atmosphere and then it was quickly ruined by the fact that I was sitting on the plane. I got spit up from the person I was with because everyone, it was like a free for all going home. That All the planes were just going back to Gatwick. You get on. So I got split up and I was sitting on the plane. This is unbelievable. And I saw this guy. He's skipping his way down the corridor, sort of ingratiating himself to air stewardess. And I thought, oh, no. Please don't sit next to me. He's Man United. I can feel it. I can feel it. And he came down. He's like, is this seat taken? And I was like, yeah. And I said, you look pleased yourself. He said, sorry, mate. I'm Man United. And I thought to myself, oh, no. A Man United fan from, from Surrey he was. He spent five hours chewing my ear off about it. I basically put my headphones on and said, like, I can't talk about it. I'm too sad. But uh, literally, it was. I looked out the window all the way home. It was brutal. Moscow in the rain. It took me... I had no money in them days. It took me ages to pay that off. I literally ended up reducing the direct debit at one stage. Not to cancel it, I reduced it to a pound a month. It was really, it was the on-running joke in the family. 
was paying her twelve pound a year. It was going to be a long, long term. I still paid it off, I think. Um, but yeah, that's the worst day. I think it was a, it was just a bad day. I hate losing to them anyway. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I couldn't make it either, and you know, money was one of the reasons. I I actually had to work as well during the final, and and I mean, we we had literally. We'd started the Chelsea fan cast actually about, I think we'd started it just before the Liverpool semi-final. Wow. That, was, that was the first game we covered on the show. And uh, I couldn't go to the final, couldn't really afford it. And I had to work. So I was, I, I was directing, uh, 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 I, I can't believe that I did this. I must've been mental, <laughs> but I, I, I basically got, cause I was a freelance uh, director and producer in those days. And I, I got this gig to, uh, I'm like, you know, when you when you, you you live hand to mouth doing that kind of gig, so you you cool. never say no, which is probably why I said no, uh, said yes, and rather than going to the final as well. But anyway, I ended up filming Ricky Tomlinson over two nights doing a a kind of a, you know, stand up comedy act with a load of other comedians in Runcorn. Oh wow! In Runcorn. Oh. And I and I, I I smuggled in this uh, kind of remember those little kind of Casio TV handheld TV things. You oh could yeah, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they're old school. They was very old school. I had that, and uh, I'm I'm sitting in a gallery directing you know five or six cameramen at the time, and I spent the entire time trying to get a bloody picture from this Casio, <laughs> banging it on the desk. And do you know what? It only came, I, I only got a picture twice. This is God's honest truth, Ben, right? Twice for the entire 120 minutes. One was when Ronaldo scored. Yeah, of course. And the other was when JT missed the penalty. Oh, Can no. Can you believe that? Oh, so no. I, I still, but I didn't really know what, what had happened because it, it was all like white kind of hash between all that. And I got back to the hotel. Guess what? It was full of Manx in the bar. Oh. Oh, and, I, yeah. and I just said to the crew, I said, fuck this, I'm off to bed. Yeah, no, you know, no, it was that sort of day. It wasn't was, it? wasn't it? And I, and I, you know, do you know what? I, I've still never watched the whole final. I refuse to watch it. Oh, I haven't. I, to be honest with you, there was a stage where I was actually quite worried. I think my friends had to try to sort of integrate me back into society. <laughs> I spent three months in a loft. My mum was bringing, uh, literally delivering food parcels. People were phoning me up going, they were leaving me voicemail. <laughs> they leaving me voice notes. They were actually saying stuff like this, that Redders... We know why you're not coming out the house. Just accept it. But we need you. You need some vitamin D in your life. I literally, I couldn't, I couldn't speak for what I was so gutted, so gutted because actually I haven't watched it back myself, but we were the better time. Well, the better side in extra time. I mean, they actually run riot for half an hour. Let, to be honest with you, they, they could have been a couple up, but after that, Chelsea with a better side of the night. I know it's a whiff and butts, but it was just disappointing. It wasn't meant to be, Ben, and Munich was. You know, yeah, that's... no, and, and yeah, and you could argue we weren't the best, <laughs> best side in Munich. No, so we, we were certainly not the best side. <laughs> we we shit housed that that whole bloody uh, run to the Champions League in, in 2012. I think. Oh my god, that was amazing. Okay, so what about some uh, some uh, uh, favourite modern players? Okay, I mean, probably in terms of. <sighs> Uh, in terms of sort of going back a little bit, I would say I absolutely loved Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, right? I absolutely adored him. I thought he was brilliant. He was good theatre. He was a, he was almost a thespian out there. He had so much character. I loved him. But in, a, in terms of the real players that I, I look at now in the last sort of 10 years, I mean, Didier Drogba, Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard's probably the best player since Zola. I've seen Zola was my favourite, but Edium definitely was a very, very special guy. But I'm going to have to go with Frank Lampard. The reason why that record from his position, lots of people don't realise when we bought Frank, he could have been an okay premiership footballer. He would have got the odd England cap as well, and he would have drifted on all okay. But he had an opportunity when Abramovich came in, he decided to get that half a stone fitter, quicker, dedicate his life to trying to be a better player. He had some rocks on the road. He had some bad days at the office. He didn't fill himself in glory in airports and things like that. He changed his life though, Frank. He wasn't a wrong one by any stretch, but he could have been just average. And I absolutely love and got so much time for every single professional who makes the best out they can with their abilities. And that's why I love Frank. That's why I love Zola. I love Drogba and I love Lampard because three of them in different ways have done that. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Frank's your all-time 
favourite Chelsea player, isn't he? Yeah, I, Frank Lampard's my favourite player at Chelsea because I've seen nearly, I've seen the vast majority of his goals live. Um, I know how much he loved it. Um, obviously, as a manager, heartbroken when he went. But the reality is, Frank Lampard lives on forever as the footballer, uh, and he'll come and he'll he'll get his day in the sunshine again. I'm sure. I, I mean, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, to be to be, no, I almost said to be frank. Then, so uh, as, as, <laughs> that as, was quite good. Yeah, as J.K. <laughs> would say, to be super frank. Um, yeah. He's my all-time favourite Chelsea player too. And actually, funnily enough, Ben, for exactly the same reasons. And and in a weird old sense, it is a departure, isn't it? Because you've got Zola in there, which is understandable. You know, look, Zola could do things that nobody else could do. And the joy that a player like that brings to you, a bit like Pat Nevin in his time, and actually like Eden Hazard when he was here as well. But you're, you're right. There is something that is just so laudable about what Frank did, the way he turned himself into being... You know, you're right. He could have been a good English player, you know, but as a, as you know, on the world stage, distinctly average by comparison. But he made himself into a a top European player. I mean, yeah. he was getting into the Ballon d'Or, getting onto the stage, mm. you know, occasionally, you know. And I think to do that through genuine hard work rather than natural talent is quite unbelievable. But I think the interesting thing that you mentioned, Zola, um, Frank learned from Zola. I mean, everybody yeah. thinks that Mourinho made uh, Frank the player he was, and I think there's a degree of truth to that. But Zola was the first on the training pitch and the last off it. Yeah. And Frank joined when Zola was still at the club, and that's what Zola taught Frank. So you want to be better, this is what you've got to do. And if you remember, you know, when Frank was playing uh, regularly for Chelsea later on in his career, he was the first on the training pitch and the last off it, and he did the same to guess who? Mason Mount. Yeah. So I wonder if there's a really interesting connection there between those three. But I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, for all the reasons you stated, I mean, he's absolutely my favourite player as well. And I think yeah, always I will think, be. I think you've got to think, I, I like the fact that, you know, tenacity, hard work and being very coachable, they're skills that Mason Mount brings to the table. That's why at 22, 23 years old, the journey's just beginning for Mason. Because mm-hmm. actually Mason's a better player at 23 than Frank was when we bought him. And yeah. that's the reality. Some people miss that. Fra- um, Frank Lampard uh, was a good, efficient, workman-like midfielder we bought, but he turned himself into a box-to-box marauding, using both of his feet. He was a brilliant footballer. And Zola's work ethic, I mean, Zola is an example. Zola played his best football, if arguably, when he came to Chelsea. But he was 30 when he arrived, yeah. Zola. Yeah. You know, that's how, how good was he? Could he have been at 25? And I just think I, I've got a real lots of time for people who do everything, every single time they're on the pitch for the badge. And if you come up short ability-wise, I actually haven't got much of a problem that. He's just one who absolutely excelled and he made the best of what he could. And he's also, he loved being at Chelsea. He loved every moment, every second of it around that time. He loved it. He would have loved it the same if we were fifth and sixth in the league. He loved playing for Chelsea Football Club. And that resonates with the faithful to me. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, So um, we normally uh, finish this uh, My Chelsea with a song, Ben. But don't worry, we don't don't make you sing it. Wow. We don't make you sing it. It's not that kind of a show. Um, but we, I love, I mean, one of the things that I've always loved about following Chelsea is the huge array of songs we've always sung. And, you know, some of them stick with me from when I was very young, like the Tommy Baldwin song, which I, I love giving a bit of an outing in the pub occasionally. <laughs> you know, so, and I think we, I mean, there's a wonderful book written, sort of good mates of mine, Walter Otten, Dave and Marco uh, wrote uh, a book about all of Chelsea's songs a few years back, which is just brilliant. And wow. it, just, it just shows you the back catalogue that we've got. And people say, oh, you've only got one song, Chelsea, Chelsea. It's, it's only got <laughs> oh, one it's... word as well, you know. It's nuts, mate. I mean, just go and have a look. There's so many songs that we sing. So what are a few of your favourites? Well, just quickly before I get on to it, it's so funny. I was at Brighton Away the other day, and the guy I was with, he loves his Chelsea songs. Um, he had a couple of beers, but it was in quite good humour. And he sung the uh, Robert Fleck. Number one's Robert Fleck. Number two's Robert Fleck. <laughs> he went through the whole 11. He should have seen the faces in the Chelsea end at Brighton. They were horrified. Not only were we playing rubbish, but someone was singing about Robert Fleck and uh, he didn't fill himself with glory at Chelsea. Uh, personally, I absolutely, and although he doesn't play for us now, I really love the Williams song. I thought it was, I like the ones that are cleverly written with some humour. So for me... Uh, he bought his flight and, all, you know, you know, the Tottenham Hotspur narrative is all never lost on the Chelsea. So that was great. 
Um, I absolutely love the Kai Havertz one now. Again, similar again, in a way, it's isn't it? Similar veins, got a bit to it. It's clever. It's funny. Um, I probably I like the wit with it though. I really enjoyed when we were got told off with Frank LeBeouf, uh, <laughs> and then it was uh, we're not allowed to swear Frank LeBeouf. That was so witty. I enjoyed that. I absolutely love singing the uh, Gianfranco Zola one. La la la. And Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was oh Jimmy Jimmy is so great. I. I absolutely love them. I'm really enjoying, I'm really enjoying the TT uh, Thomas Hooper one at the moment. Although it's sung religiously for 85 minutes of away games, um, that some of the songs have been outraged. I think my all-time favourite. It's a shame we can't sing it as much. I absolutely love the William one. I think it's just so funny. The uh, he bought his flights and uh, and then he saw the light. It's just so so cleverly done. I don't know who makes these up, but someone's very good. Well, funnily enough, I do. Uh, the William oh, one, yeah, a very good mate of mine, Walter Otten, who, uh, who like me writes for CFC UK and has written some brilliant books for Chelsea, including he he kind of co-wrote that one on the on the songs called Carefree. But yeah. he was they, it was the it was the Super Cup final in Prague, and him and a few mates had had a few beers and they were out in a bar and they just kind of start got going on this song and what happened was uh somebody videoed them doing it unbeknownst to them right? oh wow and stuck it on youtube and it just went viral not not least because william saw it and liked it on instagram or something oh wow and that's how it took off oh well, yeah that is obviously that's that's the genius of it. i actually was at the watford game when they debuted the mendy song <laughs> which is impossible oh my <laughs> oh my word. I've never honestly, I was up till two in the morning, not because I was drinking, because I had that reverberating around my head all night because I was one, I didn't know what it said, but it just repeats every two minutes. Yeah. And it was it was so full on. Um the Chelsea fans, I, I we actually have been very good uh, throughout the years, adjusting humor, uh adjusting to players, coming up with quick wit. We don't get the credit we deserve from the terraces. I know lots of away fans and fans up and down the country of other clubs would say they're the best, but our fans are good. We react to situations. We've always been really good at that, you know, um, and and our songs reflect that. I, I think they're really good. Yeah, I, I think in a sense that the two goes hand in hand. I think we, we have got a lot of songs. We like seeing them, obviously, and I think that's, I mean, our away support has always been up there with the best, I think. I mean, it goes yeah. way it goes way back to you know, before I was going. I mean, I didn't start going until kind of the mid-80s, about the same time as you, really. And, uh, you know, it was tremendous then. But it, all those times when we'd been in the second division before that, we were taking 10,000 away to some little yeah. obscure places from the middle of nowhere. I mean, our travelling support was as good as United's and Liverpool's. I mean, it was right up there, and we were in the second division, you know. So, And I, I think the songs have a lot to do with that and, and the sense of humour, and I agree with you. I think Chelsea supporters have always had a... You know, sometimes a rather, you know, uh, dark sense of humour, but most of the time it's a really good one, a very funny one. So I love being part of that, mate. You can't beat it, can you? No, I can't. And look, tomorrow we're um, tomorrow we're uh, got Tottenham at home, and I'm in the Matthew Harding lower tomorrow. And I'm sure the the vocal support isn't lost on the players. It, it generates an atmosphere, and you only had to look at that COVID period to know how important football is and actually just to the all those all that market around the world if you're in america or parts of africa and you enjoy chelsea you take that fans out of the ground that market that spectacle that product is nowhere near as good it's just as simple as that it is what it is they make everything so important to to football the fans being there for me it's as simple as that they do indeed, Ben. That's a good way to finish on. I mean, it was the most soulless experience I've had watching football in my entire life when it was uh, being played in. in oh the yeah, Olympics. and they had the yeah. they had the um, they had the fake crowds. That really yeah. made it better. Awful, awful, <laughs> awful, awful. Uh, that was awful. But this has been absolutely delightful and fantastic, mate. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. I mean, people won't know this. I've not never actually talked to you before. I've just kind no, of no. You like, wouldn't know that, though, no. do we? Like we're like I feel like I've known you years. A couple of old men, matter. mate. You know exactly. I, I totally forgot we were being recorded. This actually, to be honest, I'm sorry if I've. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone I've bored. Silly. I don't normally talk this long, but Chelsea is my specialised subject. Absolutely. Well, I think you, you passed with flying colours, Ben, and I've really <laughs> enjoyed it. I'm sure everybody else will too. Um, 
good luck with the stuff you're doing on Twitter and on YouTube. Oh, really you know, it's 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 great. It's really great to watch. I've been enjoying it. I know a lot of other people have too. And hopefully, I will see you in the cock for a pint sooner rather than later. I I really look forward to it. Thanks again for inviting me on the next legend. By the way, I'm going to do Kerry Dixon. So there you go. After this, he's the next legend video I'll do. So thank you so much, Chidge. Thanks for your time. Brilliant. Well, I look forward to that one. There you go. Anyway, enjoy it, people. I'll see you soon. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.